dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Thank you, Amen. Brother. Amen. So, you know, this is a really difficult time for our whole nation right now. There's so many unknowns. You know, many people are out of work. Thankfully, uh, all of us still have have work to do, but many people are out of work right now. Uh, Many more will be. That's a fact. Uh, Many are fearful. Uh, Many people are worried. And many are very anxious right now. This is probably the most stressed and anxious I've seen uh, people in my lifetime. Uh, over any any event that I've experienced so far. And we have all types of questions too, you know, how bad will this get? Uh, when will it end? When will life get back to normal? And we don't know the answers to those questions and many more. Sure, we have even more questions than those, but we do know this. We do know that God is in control. We know he's not surprised by the coronavirus or anything else. He's not fearful of what will happen or what we should do. Uh, His word gives us peace and comfort in uncertain times like these. I've been struggling over, you know, what to say in this message all week as I've been working to write it and not struggling because I didn't know what to say necessarily, but struggling because The Bible has thousands of verses that talk about peace and comfort in the midst of the storm or in the midst of the unknown and the midst of trials and struggles. And so thank the Lord that we have a book, the Bible, that's filled with words of truth and peace and comfort in these times of crisis. And so the struggle is what to focus in on. Uh, what, what, you know, which, which set of verses, which verses to focus in on, which, which chapters or books, etc. So there is just so much. So I thought of this message in terms of themes. Themes of the virtues and feelings we should be living out and experiencing in this difficult time, uh, really with Psalm 91 as a central text. 
And so, you know, if you have a, a, a pen and paper, you might want to write some of these down because as the days and weeks wear on, our, our faith is going to be tested and you're going to want some verses to, to really meditate on and fall back on. So some of the, these central themes that I've been thinking through are themes like faith. Our faith is being tested and we must grow stronger. I had a pastor uh, that was my pastor in Charlotte before we came here. His name was Charles Page. And he would often say that the focus of faith frees us from fear. The focus of faith frees us from fear. We know from Hebrews chapter 11 that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And if you read later, you know, on in that chapter, you, you get a whole host of people who lived by faith and walked by faith and obeyed God, not knowing what in the world uh, was going to happen to them. But they acted on faith and they rested in the Lord. And then towards the end of that chapter, we read these words. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, people like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, etc. This whole cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, mark those words, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So when fear comes and grips our hearts, when the uncertainty of what's going to happen causes anxiety in our souls, we look to Jesus and we trust in him. And so that's faith. Then another theme that I was thinking through was, was hope. Hope. Psalm 33, 13 tells us that the Lord looks down from heaven he sees all the children of man from where he sits enthroned. He looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might, it cannot, be, it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him, because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. And so we can see from this psalm that worldly things are a false hope. And I think God is teaching us a lesson in this time about that. Worldly things are a false hope. Especially in our American culture, we tend to put our hope in worldly things, whether it be our bank account, our possessions, our job, our <clears throat> relationships, or our health. All of these worldly things are a false hope. In Psalm 42, 5 says, Why are you in despair, O my soul? 
Hope in God. Hope in God. He is our help and our salvation. We must put our hope in him. So hope is a theme. And then third, love. And the best passage in the Bible on love is 1 Corinthians 13. It says this, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And I think this this applies so much to our family situations right now, because we're all close together all the time, right? And so we need to be loving each other in our families. Even though we're distant from the world, We're closer as families now than we probably ever have been because all the activities are shut down and we're together a lot, almost all the time. So love your family. Love your family. Be patient and kind to each other. Brothers and sisters, be patient and kind to each other. Bearing with each other. It says it bears all things, right? Because we get on each other's nerves, don't we? (laughs) We just do. Let's be honest. Sometimes we get on each other's nerves. And we need some space. Well, it's harder to get space these days. And so we need to bear some of those things. You know, the word says, let love cover a multitude of sins. Yes, your sister's probably going to do something that annoys you. Your husband's going to do something that annoys you. Your your mother is going to do something and say something or ask you to do something you don't want to do, but let's have patience and kindness in this time more than ever. And not be irritable or resentful, but bear with each other. Be patient with each other. And not insist on our own way, as the text says. Let's love. Let's love. And let's also show generosity and not have fear or panic. That's the opposite of faith. Now, our central text today is uh, Psalm 91, so go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. And I just want to walk through it briefly together. 
Psalm 91, we see in Psalm 91 a promise of protection and deliverance for those who trust in the Lord. This is a psalm that may have been written about an army about to go into battle. We see in the psalm deliverance for those who trust in the Lord. And all those who live a life of communion with God are constantly safe and under his protection. They have a holy peace at all times. They have deliverance from the, the snare of the trapper, the deadly pestilence, the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the destruction that lays waste at noonday, all because you have made the Lord your dwelling place and your refuge. Because you hold fast to the Lord in love, he will deliver and protect you. When you call to him, he will answer you and be with you in times of trouble. He will rescue you and honor you and show you his salvation. Let's look at it verse by verse. Verse one, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. <clears throat> you can see in this image closeness to the Lord, right? You dwell with him and he is your shelter. You're so close that you abide in his shadow. So you can think of it, you know, the sun's coming down and you see a shadow and that's typically very close to the object that it's shining on, that the, that the light is shining on. And so in this image, you are so close to the Lord that you are in his shadow. That's the closeness here. Verse 2. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So you're praying. You're crying out to God. You're trusting in the Lord as your refuge and your fortress. He is God, and you declare it so with your mouth and with your prayers. You call on his name and acknowledge his power, his authority, and his protection. That's verse 2. And look at verse 3. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler or the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. It's the Lord who delivers you from harm from snares that trappers have set, and from deadly disease and pestilence. It's the Lord that delivers, not ourselves. Verse 4, he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler, or some translations say his shield is a bulwark, or his faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. His protection is like that of a bird who covers her chicks with her wings. Loving parental protection. It's also strong like a battle shield or a large defensive wall used in battle. That's a bulwark, a large defensive wall. So, so God's protection is like a shield or a large wall that defends us. And it's he who puts that in place. Verse 5 and 6. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. There's no fear when you abide with the Lord this closely. There's no fear when you have this kind of trust in him. No fear of, error, of terrors that you cannot see in the nighttime. No fear of physical harm from arrows. No fear of sickness that spreads in a way that you cannot see. No fear of destruction that you see with your eyes in the middle of the day. 
So you can imagine this situation here. You're, it's a battle type situation. You've got thousands of people maybe uh, that have fallen all around you in combat or in battle and there's death everywhere. And in the midst of that, naturally we would feel fear, wouldn't we? I'm sure we would. You know, is this gonna happen to me? Am I, how am I protected? You know, what do I do? But when you abide with the Lord this closely, there is no fear. Your heart has peace. Verse seven and eight. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. And so look, you may see a thousand or 10,000 fall all around you in battle, but you'll be safe. You'll see it all and you'll understand the judgment of the wicked. God uses terrible things like these things to bring judgment on the world for sin. And this is a reminder, we don't get away with sin. We don't get away with sin in this world. Now, I don't know if what we're going through right now is judgment from God. It could be. I'm not going to call it out and say that it is for sure. I don't know that. But it could be. And even still, these who dwell close to the Lord will have no fear. Verses 9 and 10. <clears throat> because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. So you will have this protection and deliverance because you have trusted in the Lord. Notice in the text, there's no other reason. It's because of faith in the Lord, because of trusting in him. It's not because of our skill or our money or what family we were born into. No, it's by faith alone, walking by faith in him. Verse 11 through 13. He will command his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. You can see the Lord directs his holy angels to surround and protect us. You remember from Ephesians 6 that we don't fight against flesh and blood, do we? No. We fight a spiritual battle in this world against the principalities and the powers and the forces of evil, basically, in the spiritual realm. Our battle is a spiritual battle. And when we cry out to God and when we dwell this closely with the Lord, he directs his angels to guard and protect us. You ever think about that? You can't see that going on all around you. Yet, thankfully, we can't because if we could, we'd be really freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> if we saw all the spiritual activity around us all the time, we would be, we, we couldn't handle it. But there are angels all around us. God sends his angels to guard us and care for us and protect us. Verses 14 through 16. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. All of this protection, all of this power comes from loving the Lord and trusting in him. 
When you call upon his name, he will answer you. He will abide with you in trouble. He will rescue you, honor you, and you will see his salvation. And so I pray in these, in these days, we will be calling on the name of the Lord more than ever. For those who haven't trusted in him, I pray today you will trust in the Lord Jesus for your salvation. And for those of us who have, may we be on our knees crying out to God and drawing close to him day by day, moment by moment. You know, all these promises will have their perfect fulfillment in the coming kingdom of Jesus. You know, all these things may not have their perfect fulfillment right now. You know, some of us may get sick, even though we're trusting in the Lord. But these promises will have their perfect fulfillment in his coming kingdom. And we know that in that coming kingdom, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and we will live perfectly and peacefully with him forevermore. And we can rest in that. <clears throat> we can also rest in the Lord knowing that when we do suffer, it's for our good. We can know that he is able to protect us, but if he does allow us to suffer, it is to build our character and faith and that he will use that suffering for our good and for his glory. And so, how should we be acting in these days? What do we do? Well, let's be doing what we should always be doing, right? Let's be loving and serving and giving generously and praising the Lord. Here are a few more verses that came to my mind that I wanted to share with you uh, as we wrap up. Uh, these would be good ones to write down also. <clears throat> One was Habakkuk uh, 3.17. He says this, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. So basically, everything's gone. It's just you and God. You have nothing left physically. No worldly things left at all. Though all of that happened, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And so may God be enough for us. May Christ be enough for you and for me. And may we rejoice in him, even though everything else in this world is gone. Then there's Psalm 103. I love Psalm 103. I read it almost every day. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is it within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then Romans 5, 1 through 5. This is a great set, uh, passage to meditate on when we're suffering. <laughs> Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope 
of the glory of God. Hear all this rejoicing? <laughs> you don't hear a lot of people rejoicing these days. But in all these things, we rejoice. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Now that's crazy. Who rejoices in their sufferings? People with faith in God, that's who. We rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we rejoice in our sufferings. So when the sickness comes or we lose the job or our cut, pay is uh, cut or whatever it might be, cry out to Jesus and rejoice in him and have hope in him. So brothers and sisters, let's be strong in our faith, hope, and love in this trial. Let's not grow weary in well-doing, but press on in loving God and loving others. Now is the time. We're going to have a lot of open doors to share the gospel right now. Let's not waste a good crisis. <laughs> but let's be generous in proclaiming the gospel in these days. And always remembering that Jesus is our refuge and our fortress. Let's trust in him and dwell close to him in these days and always. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love and for your truth. Lord, help us to um, meditate on these things. May your word, Lord, be an anchor for our souls uh, in this time and in these days. And I pray, Lord, that we would dwell close to you, that we would make you our shelter and our fortress, our God in whom we trust, that we would abide in your shadow and be close to you and walk close to you moment by moment, day by day, Lord. Lord, fill us with your spirit in the midst of all these trials. May we have your love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against those things, Lord. But may we walk in them and glorify you with our lives. And thank you, Jesus, for the cross that makes all this possible. Thank you for the empty tomb and your resurrection from the dead that we have a living hope in our souls because of those things, Lord, knowing that this, is, this world's not our home. We're just pilgrims passing through. But our true home is with you and in your kingdom forevermore, Lord Jesus, dwelling with you, living with you in perfect peace and rest in our souls. And so thank you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Amen. Anything uh, else before we close? That's it. If, if anyone needs anything, uh, please do let us know, uh, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll break the law and get it to you. <laughs> that's right. There, there's a clause in there about helping the needy. So that's good. That's you know, good. <laughs> I have a little note to hand to the officers. So like this says whatever I can do, whatever I want. all right guys you have a great rest of the day and uh let's uh keep praying for each other and keep holding each other up uh and taking good care of each other absolutely it's a great opportunity take care everyone